0: Hello and welcome to another Top Advisor Marketing Podcast. I am your host, Matt and Today, oh my goodness gracious. So we've got Chuck Fela. Now he is a CFP, he's an advisor. We're gonna talk about his story. And the reason why I really wanted Chuck on our podcast today is, is number one, I actually like the guy. I think his story's really phenomenal. We don't actually have a lot of advisors on this show. We went back, right, so out of the 450 episodes we have, we probably only had five or six advisors on because it's usually very focused on marketing people. But after hearing your story, I really wanted to bring this to our audience for a couple of reasons. Number one, because a lot of advisors are really tired of living within the constraints of their broker dealer or of their captiveness. And I love, and we're going to dive into your story about that in just a few minutes, because a lot of people don't understand one, what is really on the other side. And number two, how, and I'm going to use the word easy not simple, how easy it can be and how wonderful your life could be if you go ahead and you cut that cord. In fact, we had Alana Phillips on the podcast a little while ago. She, her whole thing is how to break up with your broker-dealer.
1: She outlined some really good stuff,
0: but we're going to be taking that at a very different angle. So Chuck, welcome to the show, my friend. All right, Matt. Thank you very much.
1: It is really a pleasure for me to be here. I've been looking forward to this.
0: Yeah. All right. Sovereign wealth, dude. We need to start with the origin story, brother. Let's go ahead and
1: start there. All right. So the origin story is this, and, and and I'll take you to the real origin. And it's very similar. If you saw that movie, Wolf of Wall Street, right? And there was that scene where DiCaprio's character was there at a diner and uh, the Jonah character, I'm forgetting the, the real names, I should know them, came in. And it was something like, if you show me that check that you said you just made whatever, 10000 or 20000 I'm gonna quit my job today. My origin story into the financial services world is not terribly dissimilar to that. Yeah, so I actually started off as a fundraising consultant and I thought that was a great gig and I was doing that in my early twenties and someone that I trained in the fundraising world. So I actually worked for a for-profit entity that consulted to nonprofits. So some of my clients included the Wharton School of Business, the Metropolitan Opera, some pretty big names. And I was flying four days out of the week. And when you're 21, 22, that's awesome. When you're 55, I can't imagine a greater hell than that. But when you're 21, 22, I was like, this is great. I'm getting upgrades. I have so many frequent flyer miles. And I was making $35,000 a year. How can it get any better than this? Then a buddy of mine, who I trained in the fundraising consulting world, ended up going to the infamous office of 55 Water Street, Lehman Brothers, and he started making real money. And so we were talking about this and I was like, wow, that does sound like some pretty real money. And the skill set is very transferable, right? If I can get millions of dollars from people to the Wharton School of Business or the Metropolitan Opera, I was willing to make a bet that I can get millions of dollars from people to invest in, in some ideas that I had. And that's what I did. And so this was the quintessential mid-90s New York City cold calling shop. And I recall watching that movie Wolf of Wall Street. And I I remember this clearly. I was watching it in our our bedroom and my wife was down the hall in our home office. And I was like, yes, that is exactly what was happening. No one's going to believe this. Everyone's going to think this is made up. This absolutely happened. And I was there. And it was, let me tell you something. It was like working in a fraternity and it was fun for someone in their mid-20s. And now, unlike the Wolf of Wall Street, I really was doing stock research. I subscribed to Argus, and I was looking at the 13D filings, and I was buying companies like Perkin Elmer, WR Grace, blue chip companies, while those around me maybe were not. And even back then, I was young, and I could see the writing, handwriting on the walls, like this is not really a sustainable business model. And that's when I realized, I'm doing all this research and one stock I picked would do great. Another stock I picked would do poorly. And it's not like I was smart and stupid on one pick or the other. I started realizing this is somewhat random. And that's when I started buying into the whole efficient market theory. And then I said, you know what? This is a young man's sport. It was a lot of fun. While all the other advisors around me, and I was always a very hardworking person. So I was usually one of the top advisors in my office. They were buying their Ferraris. I was taking that money, putting it in the bank. And when I got to a certain level, I quit and literally went cold turkey from selling stocks to fee-based asset management, got my CFP in 1999, and went from having a really pretty comfortable income to the goose egg, to nothing. And I was like, I need to affiliate with a broker dealer, independent broker dealer, because I did want to have my own shop and all this. And so it came down to the usual suspects. And I ended up choosing Raymond James for one simple reason. You know what that was? There's no reason why you would. It's because they had a football stadium. (laughs) Wow, that's crazy, (laughs) dude. That is absolutely true. Because now I'm in the Northeast, right? The New York City area. And this is what, 25 years ago, everyone in our industry knows Raymond James. But 25 years ago, the retail client in the Northeast did not know Raymond James that well. They didn't know LPL that well. They didn't know Commonwealth that well. They knew who? Merrill Lynch, Smith Barney, so on and so forth. And so at least when they say they never heard of Raymond James, I could say, if you watch football, you probably know about the Raymond James football stadium. And I swear that's the reason why I chose them. Now, in retrospect, it was a great decision because I really am a huge fan of Raymond James. I've gotten to know the upper management and they're just good people. And it was a great place for me to go to the independent broker dealer, which is at halfway point between captive and true independence in the RIA space. It's like RIAs on, on with a training wheel, right? So I did that for 20 years, built a decent book of business. And then I came to realize I'm not dropping any tickets, commissions. I'm fully fee-based. So I'm working as an RIA in a broker dealer. Does that make sense? So then in 2019, I made the decision to really rip off the bandaid and drop my seven, drop my 24 and took Sovereign Financial, which has been a brand, right? It was a doing business as brand for about 20 years. And I converted that into an SEC registered RIA. And that was in 2019. And that was really the best thing I, I ever did from a business perspective. And it was a wonderful transition. And two years into that, I determined that I was going to try to grow Sovereign into a basically a cooperative of advisors with a pre stated limit of 40 advisors. And we are about halfway to that goal right now. Okay, co- cooperatives. So, first off, I, I have to rewind <laughs> the football thing. That was awesome, <laughs> dude.
0: That's uh, uh, so interesting. I never, but it makes so much sense, Chuck. If you have no idea who, You're representing and you can say, hold, they have a football seat. That makes that, ah, 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 I like that (laughs) a lot. (laughs) That's really interesting. Wow. So I can tell you that's a, that is, man, I've done a lot of, it's the first time anybody's ever said that on the show now, but you just (laughs) used a really weird word that doesn't seem to be anything that we've ever really heard, not on this Mm -hmm. podcast and really not in financial
1: services. You use the word cooperative. What the heck does that mean? So I am using that figuratively, not literally, But back when I was in college at University of Connecticut, go Huskies, I was very involved with the student credit union movement. I really was very involved. UConn had a student-run credit union, which I thought was one of the best experiences I I could have had as a college student. And we literally ran that credit union. It was fantastic. And I love that because I've always had a real entrepreneurial itch. So if I had a chance to run a company as a 19-year-old, as an 18-year-old, as I was at that time man, I was all for it. And then I was also very involved nationally with the credit union, the student credit union, the student-run credit union movement. So a credit union, as you and maybe some folks in your audience would know, is a cooperative structure. So I've always liked that idea. So the way we've structured Sovereign, it's not literally a cooperative, but the idea is that we don't want to go beyond 40 advisors And what we want to do is get to the scale where all of us can have a very cost-effective way of doing business, have all the services we want, and have no middle management, right? As I like to tell folks, I've never had a real job in my entire life. I either reported to the owner of a small company, or I was the owner myself of a small company. So I never had to talk between myself and the owner of that entity, and I've always developed a disdain for middle management, right? So we wanted a firm where everyone in the firm has my cell phone and they know if they text me on a Saturday, they're going to get a response and a resolution as soon as business opens again. And that was always important for me. And we've also structured a a pricing structure where we have a lot of value adds to this that we do just slightly above cost. So we certainly have a profit margin. There's no doubt about it. But as folks go to our website, you see our pricing. Number one, we get a lot of compliments on how transparent it is, right? It's not, give me a call. Let's go out for a steak dinner and let me woo you. And five meetings later, I'll start telling you what some of the pricing is. The pricing's right on our homepage. And that's because we really believe in transparency. And we're frankly quite proud of the pricing because it's very competitive. So in that sense, it's very much like a cooperative. Okay, but... So you dropped your seven, you dropped your 24, you hung
0: your own shingle, you created sovereign, or you, sovereign became its own real entity. You had this major epiphany that you wanted to build this cooperative. Why are, okay, pricing asides, okay, I'm not going to say that's table stakes because it's not, I've seen your pricing, dude. And it's something that is is wonderfully aggressive from a value to the advisor perspective, but From a marketing perspective, this is a top advisor marketing podcast, right? So when somebody joins a collective or a cooperative and has this sort of small town feel, this high touch, high service, what does that allow them to do that they couldn't do
1: if they went somewhere else? Sure. So with regards to marketing, and and this is going to be true for a lot of RIAs, we certainly don't have a monopoly on this. One of the beautiful parts, one of the many beautiful things about the RIA space is the idea of independence. And the marketing we're able to do, and I used to do a lot of work in the media, right? Even back when I was in the broker-dealer world, I was one of a dozen what were called the money pros for the New York Daily News, right? Not a small publication. And I was doing that for a while until it got really impossible to do because what would often happen is I would get a call at three o'clock and they wanted some soundbite from me. And I was like, I'll get right back to you as soon as I clear this with compliance. And that doesn't really fly in the media world, as you well know. So now we're our own compliance, obviously, and we can fast track these things for myself and of course our advisors. So we have a very liberal view on marketing. We have advisors that brand differently than Sovereign. Most of them brand as Sovereign, but we're okay with that. But we also fast track anything advisors want to do. So what we've really created here is a support system that I would be happy with. And I tend to be a very picky person with things. And I like things to get done quickly. And what's interesting about us also, and again, this is not unique to Sovereign. I would say it's unique to the RIA space, is that our compliance team is incentivized to say yes. Oh, well, okay.
0: Okay. I got to pause you there because you just, Mm -hmm. half the audience
1: just tinkled a little bit. What does that mean? Sure. We believe in sharing the wealth. We have revenue share for all of our team members, especially in leadership. So as we grow and as more revenues come in, everyone is happier, right? That's how we like to structure it. So let's look at it in the broker-dealer space. That compliance officer, they're getting paid X number of dollars a year, and they're going to get paid that X number of dollars if they say yes, and they're going to get paid X number of dollars if they say no. But if they say yes, they're going to get the same amount of money with liability. Or they could say no, get the same amount of money and no liability. So there's no incentive. Now, the biggest incentive we have for our compliance department is keep us compliant. That's by far number one. But a number two is help us grow, right? And our advisors are not W-2 employees. They're 1099 contractors. So they are, and this is a something I really make clear to all of our leaders at Sovereign, we serve these advisors. They are our clients. As much as when I wear my financial advisor hat and I run a book of business, my clients are my clients, but when I'm wearing the CEO hat, our clients are also the advisors. So we don't want to say yes, if it's something that's going to get them or us in trouble. But if there's a way we can make it happen, by golly, we want to make that happen. And we really hang our hat on that and, and are very proud about being able to deliver that to our advisors. So, so what are they doing? So with this freedom, with this flexibility, which by the way,
0: uh, no, it is not just a sovereign sort of thing. It is this whole freedom of being an RIA. But the fact that you guys are looking at it very differently, what are you seeing that your advisors who have joined this are doing to really help them grow
1: in a time where a lot of advisors are, have been really stagnant? Sure. I almost hesitate because this is something that actually really works. Oh, okay. (laughs) And I'm not sure that we want too much competition on this. But I'm going to share it with you because I I think there's a big enough pool here. What we've dialed in on, and this is going to be a big push for us in 2024. We did a test on this last fall and we were targeting 401ks. Now, I'm an advisor that hates 401ks. A lot of advisors. If you go to our website, of course, what's there to like? The margins are low. The liabilities are high. The effort is high. There's nothing good about it, except for one thing. The 401k puts you in touch, if you're targeting the small business market, which we do, the 401k puts us in touch with the owner of that 10-person dental practice. That's who we want to talk to. The 401k puts us in touch with that four-person law firm. That's who we want to talk to. So what we have done is we've created a structure where the advisor that wants to target the 401ks can do, but we do all the heavy work. So we will actually manage it. We actually were one of the first PEPs pulled employer plans in the country because we saw it as a really unique differentiator for us. So we structured that. We did through the Newport Group, which is now with the census. And we are actually one of the few PEP providers that has what's called the self-directed brokerage option, which is pretty darn cool because what you do is you have a nice PEP You could deliver all these really good, low-cost, what we call single-digit expense ratio funds for the rank-and-file employees, but then for the owner or owners or anyone with a large balance, we could pluck them out, put them in a self-directed brokerage account, and we're running it like any other money that's at Sovereign. That's really unique. But what we do is we decouple the hassle of the 401k. So all the advisor has to do is, oh, I just talked to Dr. Smith and she wants to have a 401k here's your her phone number, let me know when it's done. And all they have to do is focus on that. So we just started that a little bit recently. We did test and it so far has been working pretty well because I'm going to share with you another, I think one of the best marketing tips that we've had for advisors, then we could talk a little bit about the marketing for Sovereign as a company, which I think is even more interesting. But what we did is we targeted 401ks that suck. <laughs> all right. All right. And, and You could do that pretty easily now, Mm -hmm. right? So there's companies out there, most of your audience will know who they are, and they have an algorithm where they sort through all these 5,500 forms, which are the forms that every 401k has to file, and they rate it on a score of one to 100. 100 is your perfect, one is, holy smoke, the DOL is about to shut you down. So what we did is we actually pulled a list for a zip code. We started here at my hometown of Stanford, Connecticut. And we pulled up all the 401ks that were of a certain size. We didn't want them too big, right? Because we wanted to talk to the owner, not the head of HR. We wanted to talk to the owner. So that's like the $1 to $5 million 401k. And we picked the ones that had a score of 60 or less. And I put together a simple postcard. And I was going to start off with a postcard saying, your 401k sucks. But then my wife said, you really just can't do that. As so often is the case, my wife is, as always, the voice of reason. So I said, okay, how about this? We'll actually put a a custom number. And we'll say that your 401k scored a 45 out of 100. And we worked with a service vendor that was able to do custom postcards. So everyone got a custom postcard that had your business XYZ Body Shop scored a 45 out of 100 on your 401k. The good news is we could help. And then we filled a room of 17 business owners with that drop of about 15,000 postcards. And that worked surprisingly well. It really did. So that's probably our best marketing tip from a financial advisor perspective. We we are going to talk about Sovereign in a minute, but I just, one of the things that that,
0: Warren Buffett is famous for saying this, when everybody's running away, you need to run towards it. And mailers, have fallen out of favor again, for whatever reason, it was like seminars did that and radio did that. It's like when everybody's running away, you need to think to yourself, hold on, this really worked really well. And, And by the way, the PEP, I cannot believe more advisors aren't using that as a humongous marketing tool because it is so incredibly powerful. It's empowering. It's a differentiator. And we preach this. From the pulpit here at the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast and with Proudmouth, it allows you to own a niche, right? So if you did a pep for phlebotomists, I, I don't know where that came from. I gave blood yesterday. <laughs> that's actually where that came that's from. It's very specialized, but and I don't know if that's possible, but that's the sort of stuff, right? Maybe it's... Maybe it's an anesthesiologist and any private, well, I don't think there's any private ones anymore, but that's the sort of that just gives you that level of control. All right. So let's talk about how you're marketing Sovereign now. And we do need to talk about Go RIA a little bit. Take it from there.
1: Yeah. So in fact, Go RIA is how we market Sovereign, right? So the quick Sovereign story. So we went independent, geez, it was five years ago, like this week, five years ago this week. And so the first year, we started off by building an infrastructure that could support 40 advisors. And we completely flubbed that up. It was horrible. So the second year, we retooled and got it correct. So that brings us now to the third year is, okay, we now have the infrastructure that could support up to 40 advisors. Let's start getting those advisors to know who we are. And I chose to do this through educational marketing which I think is one of the best ways to market. And I'm always a big believer that for me to get value, I should be ready to first deliver value. And so that's when I created Go RIA, which was at the time the first virtual RIA summit that was specifically designed not to talk about the RIA space in general, but much more laser focused on how you, the advisor in the broker dealer world, how can you do what I just did? And so I did this on my personal Zoom account. It was produced by our internal staff, which has limited experience on how to do such a thing. So it had a bit of a, what I like to call a Blair Witch look to it. <laughs> it was like, shaky camera. Yeah, it wasn't super high production quality, but it got the job done. And I just did a podcast actually with, with Aaron Klein and the origin story of Go R. I, I was like, I need to get some big names here. So I was calling up all these big names and they're like, Chuck who, Sovereign what, click. Chuck, who sovereign, what? Click. And I finally got to Mike McDermott, who is the co-founder of Riskalyze. And I explained to him the concept. And he was like, yeah, sure, I'll do this. And I was like, oh, this is great. I have the co-founder of Riskalyze, now Nitrogen, of course. And then my next call was we're doing this virtual summit and we have a lot of big names. For example, Mike McDermott. Now, of course, <laughs> at the time, that was the only big name, but I Dropped that shamelessly. And we got two big names, then three big names. I was like, holy smoke, we actually have a pretty decent lineup here. And so from this Blair Witch type approach, we got some big names. And Chuck, who is this guy, Fela, was able to get 250 plus advisors nationwide to tune into this thing. I was like, that's pretty cool. Then I approached Investment News. And they were like, yeah, that sounds pretty cool and we've partnered so now it's go ria fueled by investment news so my intent was this pure and simple i wanted to use go ria as we are using it now with investment news as a way to educate thousands and thousands of advisors about the ri space with the expectation and hope that out of those thousands and thousands of advisors that we're educating and providing value to we would find dozens that would find their way in sovereign and I tell you what, that's exactly what's been happening. Yeah. Listen, dude, I, I don't
0: think people really truly understand the how powerful doing something and having it be real and raw, right? I can't stress that enough. Some of the best conferences I've ever been to were the first year of the conference, right? And then the fifth year of the conference, it's smoke and mirrors and all of that sort of stuff. And- We talk about the perfect content formula here, which is storytelling, education, entertainment, call to action. And what you're talking about there is, well, you have a specific call to action, right? Go RIA. It's freaking in your name, right? Which is fantastic, right? You have already exhibited that today. You tell the story. This is my story. People see themselves in the story, right? You are entertaining, right? So you have that showmanship, which is, by the way, well done. Not a lot of advisors have that. But the focus is education, because what happens then, and you've experienced this with Sovereign and will continue to experience this with your level of success that you're achieving, people will come in pre-sold because they know who you are. They like you. They know you. They trust you. You've been giving them a whole bunch of stuff for free, dude. And then that principle of reciprocity kicks in where they're like, God, this Chuck guy, this Sovereign guy, this go RAA thing has given me so much that it's I need to give back. And, and in this situation, their give back is actually even more of a get for them because they're going to be working through a wonderful organization that has a really interesting mission and vision and mindset, which you don't see everywhere. But I do have to say something and I'm not trying to hot poker you in the eye, but many moons ago, LPL wanted to do what you talked about. And actually we're successfully doing it when you could call the CEO at LPL and he picked up his phone all the time. And now it's a cabillion dollar company. How are you not going to go down that slippery slope, brother?
1: First of all, I've been telling everyone. So, holy smoke, it would be <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'd have a
0: lot of people. I would be, be uh, lambasted.
1: <laughs> but that's, that's a bad. great question, and those are questions I've gotten from advisors saying, "Okay, I, I want to work at a firm that's not going to have more than forty advisors. I want to have the cell phone and text for the CEO. But once you get to forty, aren't you going to want eighty? And the answer is no. And I'll tell you why. And I, I always like to I- explain to people why they can trust this. Number one, if you know me, you could trust me. I've, you know, I really am a very straightforward person, but here's the economic reason why I don't want more than 40. We are going to scale much larger than that, but not with advisors. So we have three core, other core businesses within Sovereign that we give to f- almost for free to our advisors at Sovereign, but we're going to sell those to other firms that don't want to be with Sovereign. One is a temp. Which we call not a temp, TAMP, T A M P, but we call it TAMI, T A M I. Now TAMI stands for Time Horizon, which is hyphenated, Time Horizon Asset Management Integration. And this is a TAMP, which this is not an asset management podcast, but the short answer is this is a TAMP we call TAMI that is custom made for advisors that use cash flow-based financial planning. So, if you use eMoney or Write Capital or Plan or the Orion Planning, not Money Guide Pro, which is goal based, but if you are a cash flow based financial planner, you will love Tammy. Now, if you're one of our 40 advisors, you get that basically at cost. If you're not, we're going to sell it to you at a reasonable price, not at cost, at a profit level. That's one way we're going to get scale. Another way we're going to get scale is through our PEP, our Pooled Employer Plan. Now, our pooled employer plan is not called the Sovereign Pooled Employer Plan. It's called the Align Retirement Pathways. Very specifically, because we don't want to be attached to that as a advice-giving organization. It's a standalone. Now, the PEP, we actually give that for free to advisors at Sovereign. But for scale, we're going to sell that to other advisors at a reasonable price. The third one I'm most excited about, so we tend to be a mass affluent shop. I happen to love the mass affluent market. I think that's the most scalable, process-oriented market you can have. We are in the process right now of registering a 40-act tender offer fund. That's going to be a fund of funds for alternative investments. So for our dentist, just to use that example again, who may have, let's call it a million-dollar liquid net worth, a younger practitioner perhaps. And that $1 million net worth client of ours wants to get exposure to private credit, private REITs, as everyone does these days. And I think for some good reason. So we want to get them, let's say 20% exposure. So that's $200,000. But we also want to get them diversification, at least 10 different funds. Now, I know we have some wonderful organizations like Case and iCapital that makes it easy, but I'm still not going to want to write 10 different subscription documents at $20,000 each. So what we're going to do is have a truly, it's a RIC, registered investment company, which is a big heavy lift for us, but we're happy to do it, where it's one ticket, and that's going to get that mass affluent client exposure to all the usual suspects, the Blackstones, the Gollbs, the Carlisles, so on and so forth, with one ticket. Now we're going to do that for free for Sovereign Advisors, but we're going to sell that to everyone else. So we are going to absolutely cap our advisors at Sovereign to 40 because overseeing advisors, that's time intensive, but having another hundred million go into the PEP, another hundred million going into the TEMP, another hundred million going into the fund of funds, easy to do. So that's the reason why people could trust us when we say we are going to cap our advisors at sovereign on our ADV at four zero, but we are we want scale like everyone else. But we want to get that with those three other lines of business, which I think are more made for scale than more advice.
0: Absolutely. And as as we wrap up the show, I want to just highlight a a couple of different things here because there's thinking involved with this that I don't think a lot of other advisors have realized. So. There are ways to offer products and services underneath an umbrella that allow you to really look very different than the advisor down the street. Those people who are part of the sovereign group have access to these things, which makes them look different in a sea of sameness. That's really important. And I commend you for thinking, I hate using this term, but outside of the box, outside of the umbrella necessarily that a lot of advisors have this little itty bitty umbrella that they're terrified to peek out of. So there's number one. Number two, the, the way that you guys are marketing all of this stuff is wildly commendable. You're using the right platforms in the right situations. You're trying different things in order to help Sovereign grow. Because if you have 40 advisors, but those advisors who are using your marketing and have this freedom to communicate in a way that we all know works a lot better than not being able to communicate very well, that those 40 advisors can be bringing in Millions of dollars in new assets every single solitary year, and and everybody wins. Now, Chuck, if there's if anybody wants to reach out to you, find out a little bit more about Go
1: RIA, your podcast, or Sovereign. What's where should they go? Sure, I'm easy to find on LinkedIn, right? Of the major food groups of social media, that's the one I'm most active on. So if you go to LinkedIn, there's not a whole lot of Chuck Failers out there. So if you look at Chuck Failor, if you even Google Chuck Fala, I believe I'm the most famous Chuck Failor in the world. <laughs> well done sir well done yes. which is not saying the bar too high i don't think there's a whole lot of chuck fail out there but of the chuck fail i'm numero uno on google so pretty easy to find on linkedin go ria is even easier to find it's simply www.go ria.com g-o-r-i-a.com and uh, you can see all these podcasts that we've done and we'd certainly love to get you on our podcast as well and talk some stuff but the go ria podcast is up right now has a lot of podcasts on there. We also have what we call Go R.I.A. on location. I was at the FPA National. We have some great content from that. I'll be at T3 coming up. So a lot of cool stuff that comes along the pike. And we also curate articles from Investment News that we feel are, is most relevant for advisors looking to Go R.I.A. So gori.com dot com or just find me on LinkedIn. Be happy to connect with anyone. And Chuck, as
0: always, we'll make sure that we have those in the show notes. Now, as the show wraps up today, here's the long and the short of everything. Financial services is fundamentally changing in a lot of different ways. People are running away from being captive where they can't actually truly be a fiduciary. And they also can't communicate, educate, and motivate people to make wise financial decisions due to the compliance, the organizational structure of these humongous companies that are just like a really big ship where they try to turn and it takes them three years to go ahead and make the turn, right? You need to have the freedom to be able to go ahead and communicate in the way that is the best for you to make sure you're helping the most people. And if you want to know more about how you can do that, if you are already on this path and you want to go RIA, you want to break up with your broker dealer, you want to do any of those sorts of things, please join the Pod Rocket Academy. It's at podrocketacademy.com. We can start teaching you how to start thinking about marketing differently because now you're going to be able to market differently. So for Chuck and all of us here at ProudNout, this is Matt Halloran. We'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon. Thanks for listening to the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast brought to you by Proudmouth. If you want to know more about how you can be your own loud, visit us at proudmouth.com and sign up for the Pod Rocket Academy. Through courses and office hours led by professional podcast producers and digital marketers, you will learn everything you need to know to become the trusted subject matter expert
1: you were meant to be.